What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, folks. Uh, this week, we have a conversation with Dr. Tara. And uh, I'm just going to say it right now. This might be one of my favorite episodes of Turn Me On, ever. Uh, Dr. Tara is one of the Internet's favorite sex educators. Uh, on TikTok, she's dishing out sex and relationship advice to over 2 million followers. And uh, she has a really fun approach to getting her, her research into the ears, minds, hearts, and other erogenous zones for folks who need it. Uh, Brady and I, we spoke to Dr. Tara about Thai cultural views on sexuality. We talked about the reciprocity rule. We talked about how to be a Riz God, which, you know, I don't need any help there. <laughs> I mean, um, we hope you enjoy this as much as, as we did because truly Dr. Tara is like, she's such a riot. Uh, and we loved every second of this conversation. So hope you enjoy it too. And we'll see you on the other side. Uh, this should be very fun. We're, uh, we're diving into the world of academia and research, <laughs> uh, when it comes to sex. Woo, and, yeah. uh, that's kind of what this, I mean, like that's, that's just right up my alley. Uh, and we're doing it today with, um, with, uh, Dr. Tara, who's, I mean, if we're going to be doing it with anyone, 
I feel like doing it with Dr. Tara is the person to be doing it with. Uh, Tara, you've blown up on TikTok. You're like, you're like the, you're the sex queen on TikTok right now with, (laughs) with your uh, educational content. Uh, So before we, before we dive into it, um, first of all, thank you for joining us today and um, uh, give us a little insight into who you are. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I hope everyone is having an orgasmic day so far. Uh, I'm Dr. Tara and I wear three hats. The first hat is I am a tenured professor at California State University, Fullerton. And as a professor, I teach, uh, so I teach four classes. I teach Monday, Wednesday. I'm like giving you my schedule. Here's my Google (laughs) calendar. (laughs) I teach Monday, Wednesday, and I teach four classes back to back. And I teach sexual communication as well as like research methods. So both, you know, sex and research. Um, and as a part of that job, I also have to do research and advise students. So that's my first hat as a professor. My second hat is I have a private practice here for sex and relationship coaching in Los Angeles. And I've done this now two and a half years. Uh, and I find it very rewarding to work with people either one-on-one or with a couple to help them achieve their goals, whatever they their sexual relational goals are. And then my third hat is my media company. And that's where I do social media content. That's like sex ed and comedy on TikTok. That's where I like blew up for the last year. I started it last January. I started like a couple months before, but I didn't take it seriously. I would say I started taking it more seriously early last year. And for the last year, I grew to 2 million followers um, because people need sex ed. They need real sex ed. Um, from someone who they find relatable. So that's like my media company. So I have that and I have a sex exploration podcast called Love Bites, where uh, I have sex experts of different topics like sexological body work, sex and astrology, sex, uh, G-spot researcher, you know, um, on my podcast to talk about sex. So those are like my three hats. A G-spot researcher. (laughs) What is that all about? Uh, it's really cool. She does yeah. clitoral ultrasound. Wow. Oh. So she looks inside yeah. Yeah, your yeah, yeah. vulva and like, look at, look, look at what's up. Wow. That's very neat. I love that. That's um, true. a lot of hats. Um, but also it, it just sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it, I feel like a lot of people sort of romanticize the idea of like being a sex researcher, a sex educator. Um, and probably for good reason, because like, I feel like if I was going to be a professor at a university teaching sex or like re- like sexual research, I mean, that sounds really fun. Um, and it's one of those, like, it's one of those, I feel like it's one of those courses that a lot of people take because, you know, like maybe it's not so much that like that these days, but like it's when I was in university at the bar, yeah, when I was in university, it's like, <laughs> I'm taking like sex one-on-one. You're like, Ooh, like this is, they're a gonna, sexy person. It's going to be kind of, it's going <laughs> to be kind of fun. Like we're going to be talking about sex and we're going to talk about squirting and all these things. But, it, but then when you actually get to kind of sink your, your teeth into the, the subject matter, sure. You, you, you know, you get over the, like the novelty of like, Oh, it's sex. Like he, 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 but then you start getting into how fascinating sexual research can be and how fascinating the human body can be. I mean, you know, j- just mentioning there a, a G-spot researcher, like it was only recently that we were talking about that study that came out, I think it was in the last few months about 
the clitoris having like 10,000 nerve endings, um, which like we didn't know until only now, which why the fuck did it take us that long to figure that out? But it's so fascinating, right? Um, I One thing I would love to kind of talk about before we we get too far into uh, some interesting stuff that you've you've kind of um, unpacked or unlocked in the last little bit is your your history because uh, I know that you are you're from Thailand, correct? Yeah, I'm from Thailand. Have you guys been? I have. Woo! She has. Woo! Yeah. Woo! It was in 2006 in like yeah. February March. I was there for about eight weeks. I think I did a yoga wow. teacher training that mm-hmm. was based. It's from Canada, but they were holding it over there, and so I was very swept off my feet by the whole experience. I loved it. That's great prime time. time. February yeah. and March is really nice. It yeah. was gorgeous. And yeah. I had some chicken green curry for lunch today. So <laughs> that's about we all have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I, from what I, I don't know, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Thailand culture, but from what I gather it, it culturally sex is looked at very different there and approach differently there than it is over here in the West. Can you give us a little bit of like a, a rundown on like how culturally those two places differ in the ways that we view sexuality? Oh yeah. Let's go on a Thai culture rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> so there is two types of Thai culture that's either portrayed or talked about. The first type is the foreigner like tourism type. Mm. Uh, that's where people had a misconception that Thailand is sexually liberal mm-hmm. because there's a lot of sex tourism. Yeah. Um, it's, I dare say, one of the driving uh, industries for our GDP. Wow. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, I would say, men travel there to participate in sex tourism in Thailand, and it's a known thing. It's huge. It's known but not talked about. Mm. Um, when you visit any big cities like Bangkok or Phuket in the South, you'll see many bath houses. Mm. They just exist out in the open. And at these places, you can walk in. Um, there are women behind a, you know, a, a glass window. You walk in, you like get an iPad of like what service you want. And then you select a girl from that, you know, room. And then she takes you to the back and do whatever. Uh, it's called a bath bathhouse because like she gives you a bath. Mm-hmm. But on right. top of that, that's the thing we don't talk about, right? right. So there's that um, aspect that's portrayed a lot in Hollywood movies. Mm. For someone who is from Thailand and grew up in Thailand, all my Thai girls would know Thailand is so fucking sexually conservative. Yeah, It's very, very conservative. I have lived in Europe and I have lived in America. Thailand is the most sexually conservative. Um, And for women particularly, it's almost like sexually oppressive for women. Uh, for men, not so much. It's great to be a man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. places, I would say it's great it's, to be a man. It still is. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mean, like for now, now historically, <laughs> it's right. always great to it be a man. It always has been. That's right. Yeah. 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 But for us, it's, um, I would say I grew up in a way that was not 
healthy for my um, sexuality development. Mm. Uh, I went to like an all girls Catholic school where it was very, very strict. You're supposed to wear a skirt like covering your knees because your knees are way too sexy. and It's provoking <laughs> men and you shouldn't do that. So you have to cover your knees. And if you don't, then you like get hit on the hands. Mm. You get punished. Um, so that's like, that's the environment I grew up in, right? Like I have a very warm, loving family. I have, you know, but then like the subtext in my culture is if you're a woman, you're there to serve your husband. Mm. Right. And what did, like, what did, um, if any, like what did sexual education look like for you growing up in Thailand? None. Right. Yeah. Like just none at all. Like it wasn't even talked about, like. It, even even like a, like reproductive sorts of things, like not even your period, like nothing like that. Nope, wow. not even my period. And oh, I, wow. I stayed until I finished middle school in time in that school. So right. we all had periods. Yeah. No, sure, no, not sure. even like a sexual health class. Wow. Wow. Okay. Nothing so, at all. And <laughs> that's very oppressive. Yeah, and but also so fascinating that. We find ourselves, you know, fast forward to the present day, we find ourselves here talking to like mm-hmm. one of the most, um, you know, engaging sex educators on the internet right now. Um, so how, what is the, like, what is the the sort of origin story of how you ended up where you are today coming from somewhere that was so, like, so oppressive when it comes to even the idea of sexuality? Wow. Um, long story short, and I love this question too, right? Because you kind of under, un, have to understand the context of like someone who's like doing this work right now. Totally. <laughs> but it's a long journey. But long story short, I moved from Thailand to Finland for high school. And that was the very first time I saw people like naked in person because in Finland, they Everyone's have, they're like very there. body positive. <laughs> yeah, they right. get naked and go into saunas mm. and jump into the ice bath and they don't care. Like you can see your dad's dick and like, it's a, just a body part. <laughs> it's so neutral. Like there's, it's not sexual. Yeah. Um, and that was my first time seeing like other people's body parts and like how nonchalant they were. And that changed like a lot for me. It, you know, it, it, it seems normal, like a, it seems like a small thing, but it changed a lot in terms of, wow, what else is there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it opened this like Pandora box and then I moved to America for uh, higher ed and I did my master's and PhD in America. I first live in LA and then I live in Arizona. Uh, but when I first came to LA, that would be like my second, like, wow, what else is out there moment uh, was when I went to a really big sex toy shop in um, Hollywood, huh. West Hollywood. And it was like, oh shit. Like people just touch them, look at them. They like test it on their hands. Like, you know, and there's so many genre of sexuality, right? When you go to a sex toy shop, like that mm. was the first time that I saw like some hardcore, like BDSM toys. Mm. And I'm like, what is this mm-hmm. for? Like, mm. oh, I didn't know that. Cool. <laughs> right. Why do they have horse supplies in here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or like a huge ball like that you put in your mouth. Why? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right? So that was like, I would say my second time of like, oh, shit. Like maybe I don't know anything. Yeah, right. And Major yeah. paradigm shifts. Was that, how did your parents handle that? Like in Finland and then mm. it, did they were did they make all those moves with you? Yeah. And, yeah. And they 
And they did, how did they feel? Were they like covering your eyes at the public sauna, or were they like, yeah, we're co- we'll, we'll is, yeah. slip right this in? This is and- it. This is our <laughs> no, new life. My parents yeah. are conservative. Even yeah. now, like my dad will tell people I'm a professor of social sciences. <laughs> 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 yeah like oh. they're like oh interesting social sciences yeah. like what does that entail he's like just social sciences don't ask any more questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like i don't know <laughs> oh wow and but like, my it- mom my mom is changing mm. and that's the coolest thing to see mm-hmm. she's 62 years old and i'm seeing her changing from what i'm doing when she visited me last time in january this year we made content together for tiktok Oh wow! Where I say I love sex positivity. Uh, what about you, mom? And then she said it's good because <laughs> that's the amount of English she she can she can say. But basically, she she's uh, she's changing. Like she's changing the way she sees it. She like is you know learning about her body and masturbation the first time. I'm like, mom, you wow. never fucking masturbated. <laughs> That's unbelievable. What a cool thing to to be able to see Mm. in your parent. Like Mm -hmm. it it can be so tempting to sort of be like, well, that's the old generation and there's no change in them. But like to see them get empowered and like find some freedom Mm -hmm. in the freedom that we're all kind of trying to forge for. I think for a lot of people too, it's also easy to go like, oh, my parents? No. Not sexual beings. My parents are not sexual beings at all. And I don't even (laughs) want to think about the idea of it, but- um, unfortunately, folks, yeah, they really are. They they still are. Yeah. So, um, in terms of okay, so you we've got your you your PhD. You quickly became so you're only thirty three years old, or you became tenured professor at thirty three years old. So right. all of this is very back to back, one thing after another, and yeah. now you are 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 teaching it and. I, I'm curious about what you feel your, um, like what's, what's the, what are the next few years look like? You've got all these hats that you wear, where, where are you headed to? Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I love when you said like, well, you, it sounds like you did this back to back as in like, girl, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me tell you why. Uh, Asian tiger parents. That's okay. why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to school, you know, just like bachelor's, master's, PhD, back to back, no breaks. So I have never been out of school ever (laughs) since kindergarten. I have never been out of school because after I graduated, I immediately became a professor and I started right in the next semester. So I've always been in school. However, I'm very excited to announce that I was awarded sabbatical. So. When this semester ends um, in May, end of May, uh, then I'm off for one whole year. What are you just going to like party? Like, are you just going to (laughs) get fucking wasted every night? Make up for for all your 20s. Uh, uh, Jeremy, who says I'm not already doing that? (laughs) You know who drinks the most fucking academics? That's right. That's right. (laughs) When you go to like uh, these conferences, they all get super drunk and weird. (laughs) That's what that's how drunk history came about. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds are nerds get drunk the most. Um, But uh, yeah, I have a couple of things planned that are already kind of in motion that I'll be busy doing, uh, happily busy doing. And the first thing is a book. Uh, I have a very lovely book agent and uh, I'm writing a an unapologetic 
harsh sex book <laughs> that kind of resembles my TikTok tone, like a out there, but you know, always backed with some kind of research or scientific discoveries of some sort. So I'm working on the book for the next um like eight to ten months. But meanwhile, uh I can't say much yet. Uh, but I will be on a TV show. Mm. Um and we will be Ooh. filming for two and a half months. Wow. Yay. Oh wow, two and a half months. That's uh, yeah. That's, yeah so, sweet. So I will be doing that project. I can't say which show, but it will come out. You'll see it. So there's no putting the recliner back and turning the television on for That's the next it. 12 months yeah, for that. you. Fuck <laughs> that. Recline when you're dead. That's it. <laughs> I would say like chilling makes my pussy dry. You know, when I'm busy, <laughs> I'm so horny. Yeah, like, yeah. That is... I'm horny when I'm busy. Like on yeah. a day where I'm like back to back to back meetings when my husband comes home, I'm like, oh, let's fuck. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I So one thing that I would love to kind of dive into and sort of pick your brain about um, now that we have all this context um, is just the, so, so I know that, I know that you wrote a book called Sexual Communication research in, in action. It co-authored, uh, it's a textbook, correct? It's a textbook. Yeah. So my, yeah. our students use them. Cool. Um, that's wild, uh, to, to think, uh, the, just the idea of writing a textbook that makes my brain hurt. Um, but, uh, sexual communication. I mean, we, we've, we've kind of talked about communication, you know, endlessly on this podcast for years. And I'm, I find myself always learning and always, always like on the, um, in this process of like evolving and, and learning ways to communicate better, especially like with my, my own partner at home. Um, but one, like one kind of funny thing that we've talked about a number of times is, um, is the idea of flirting. Okay. I do not get, I don't, I don't understand flirting at all. And it at, makes him a really good partner, like a really trustworthy partner. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I was, I was actually, I was actually watching this video the other day, and it was uh, for for anybody who's not up on the, like the Gen Z terms. Riz is mm-hmm. a term that basically means like um, it's game. It's like game. How if, if, like if you've got Riz, it means you got game. You got you're uh, gonna. So, can't wait to bust that up for Todd. He's gonna hate it. Yeah, yeah. It comes from <laughs> and actually interestingly, interestingly enough, Riz. Uh, the etymology of Riz is, is like, it's from charisma, right? So oh, if you of course. Have, if you have Riz, you got, you got charisma. So I was watching this video uh, on YouTube and it was like, it was like, it was about uh, a group of women rate a group of men on their Riz who, and whoever has the most Riz is like number one, who has a, the least Riz is like number seven. And they had to like rate them. And in order to do this, the guys had to take two minutes in front of one of the women and Riz them up. As best he can. Does it look like a lot of like that bird like mating dance like <laughs> I, this? I mean, the yeah. human version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might as well have done that because it was so cringe. And uh, what was funny was I was watching it and I went, yeah, because I don't know either. Like, I don't know what the fuck I would do, do either. So I would love to kind of talk to you about, you know, like what in terms of, of like sexual communication, the things that you have sort of, you know, um, written about, researched about, heard about when it comes to advice for flirting or, or even like sexting or pillow talk, like the, the, the one-on-one direct verbal communication between two people. And what are things that 
tend to work? What are things that tend to not work? Um, what are things that people don't even think about when it comes to the ways that we communicate with others sexually? I know oh, that's a I really broad question. question, but yeah, no, I love this question. And I actually watched the same video. It was like a Jubilee video, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love exactly. that, that they were rating. <laughs> and honestly, when I, when I saw the rating, uh, the guy's rating and the women's rating, it's so indicative of gender, like gendered um, understandings of what's Shh. hot. Okay. Exactly. So Great. just yeah. for like a bit of context for people, the guy who was rated number one in the very end, he does. He most Riz. He the the, the Rizzler. Okay. The Rizzler. The Rizzler. Riz God. Riz, Riz King. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Riz King. He did what I think I just naturally do. So when so when I say I don't know how to flirt, I I really I don't I don't. But what I do in if if I'm in a position where I feel like engaging with somebody else of the opposite sex that I'm kind of attracted to, I literally just have a friendly conversation. Mm-hmm. There's no. I don't know. Like, I don't like, and, but to me, but to me, that doesn't count as, that doesn't connote flirting. And so, but that's what this guy did. Now there was one other fella who was number two and he was just, he was really charismatic and very funny and sort of flirty, but like he was, he was, he was a jokester. He was just like joking around the whole time, but they all, the girls kind of liked it. We like funny, right? Right. Girls like like funny. funny. But then the guys that were like the guy, you know, the guys that were rated fucking zero on the scale were the guys that were like, Hey, like, are you exhausted? Because you've been been running in my mind, like it, like that (laughs) shit where it's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) That was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I think that's (laughs) where you get the best lines. (laughs) <laughs> so sorry to cut you off there, but, but yes, like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so the communication guy, like he, the guy who just had a friendly conversation, he was, he had, according to the women, he had the riz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, research did find on that last note, research did find that pickup lines don't work anymore. Like yeah. there's new research that shows it's the, is the least effective and women actually rate that man less credible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So like not not only that you're not rizzing, like you're just not trustworthy in general. So I would say do not use pickup lines anymore. I feel like pickup lines are like jokes for people that are already dating. Like if you're already dating, you're like on fifth date and you want to like drop a pickup line for fun. Like I feel like that's, it can still work. Yeah. Use it ironically. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. 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 Use it in that context. I feel like it could be cute. Uh, but based on research, it's very, very simple. And I think you had already alluded to that. It's the conversation. Mm. And sadly, we're in a world where people are very connected to technology and not each other so much. Mm. And there are a large amount of people. And I don't want to just say Gen Z because there is a lot of millennials and older people that are fucking addicted to their phones. Yesterday, I was at a restaurant. I watched this older guy on his phone the whole time. Um, so I don't think it's just a Gen Z thing. I think there are a lot of people that are addicted to the devices because of the instant gratification, the dopamine hits and the easiness of it, um, that they are not connecting with people in real life and can't develop that conversational skills. How can you become a conversationalist if you've never had a con a good conversation in your life? Right. Mm-hmm. So um it's safe to say that research found people don't remember what you told them but they will remember how they feel with you Ooh. 
So if I leave a date, I'll remember how it felt. I might not remember all the things you told me, but I will remember how it felt. So now that we concluded that it's how the other person feels, how do we um, concoct like a situation where it makes both of you, but particularly we're talking about flirting. So the other person feel mm -hmm. good as they leave the date, right? Mm. Um, two things that research found make people feel good. The first thing is attention. We love receiving attention. We want to know we're interesting. We want to know we are desired. Um, so are you giving them enough attention? The very first thing is attention. Make sure you're focusing on them. May look them in the eye. Uh, you know, notice like what they're ordering. Make comments about that. Uh, ask them questions. So the first thing is attention. Like give them attention. They will feel so good when they leave. Mm. Uh, the second thing in this like conversational um, uh, strategy, if you will, is consistently ask question and ensure some type of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And this is a very simple uh, communication research finding that we have found long time ago. We, we, this was published like 70 years ago mm -hmm. that talks about reciprocity rule. Um, and that is usually you the variable that is used to predict how well that conversation went was how much reciprocity there was. So is there, are you the only one asking questions? Maybe they will feel interrogated. Mm. Maybe they will feel like, uh, like, you know, I don't know anything about you because you kept asking me questions, right? Uh, but at the same time, if you don't ask any question, um, you immediately become uninteresting and you don't give them the attention. So they don't feel good leaving the date. Mm. So only two things, really, when people are like, Oh my God, it's so complex to become a Riz God. It's really not <laughs> mm -hmm. give people the attention and then ask them question and make sure you also say something in Russ to reciprocate. That's mm. all. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, and I guess like so that 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 piece about asking questions and the the um like kind of receiving receiving that back uh at that word is so hard for me reciprocity reciprocity <laughs> um I suppose in that case like there there would also need to be for that to for that to really happen in a in a natural way there would also kind of have to be some sort of mutual um, connection and, and maybe not. Yeah. Right. Chemistry. And, and maybe not like chemistry as in like, Oh, we're both super game to fuck each other right now. Like you like it, but even that's in, the kind of chemistry I like. Right. Sure. Of course. <laughs> but, but it, but it, even if there was just a, a, the chemistry of like, Oh, I'm the questions you ha- you have asked me have made me now interested in you. Um, mm-hmm. There's like, there's, there's like a little, there's a little piece of the puzzle there that you kind of need to mm-hmm. have to get that, reciprocity mm-hmm. yeah it? you said it right thanks. yeah, yeah good thanks. job <laughs> <laughs> i love that and you know when we talk about um sexual initiation research mm. we often come across like there's no point initiating sex if there wasn't chemistry and that's not something that you can like force Mm. it's either you you meet this person and it just like kind of clicks like you there is this unexplainable chemistry that researchers have been trying to study it for years Mm. how do you foster chemistry how do you build how do you you know um increase chemistry and there's like two school of thoughts when it comes to attraction the first school of thought is you either have it or you don't Right. You meet the people that you meet and you're like, oh shit, I'm attracted to this person. Not, not necessarily sexual. It can be not, not even romantically, but you're just attracted to this person. Like you're like, oh man, like I like this person, mm. right? That kind of unexplainable chemistry, it's either you have it or you don't. And there's research that back that up because there's a lot of people that get a divorce um, that have been studied that told the researchers that they did not have that with their husband or wife when they got married okay. right so we know that like potentially that could be a very a very very important factor in deciding who you want to date long term <laughs> um, but then there's second school of thought that consistently put out you know like research or papers or talks that's about like you can you can foster the chemistry like you can make it happen you can build the chemistry and there are uh, exercises that you can do. There are questions that you can ask. There are um, mm. certain methods to implement in your dating life in order to foster this chemistry. And that's the second school of thought. And I've asked a lot of people, like, which one do you subscribe to? Because it's a two different things, right? Yeah, like, right. it's two different set of beliefs. Which one do you guys subscribe to? Oh, <sighs> the... The the mystic in me wants to believe that it's there or it's not. 
And then the person, the others, the, the, the side of me that really believes in the power of practice um, and like sort of hijacking is not the quite, quite the right word, but like I think there's probably some neuroscience that says we can change those things. Yeah, uh, yeah I would say, hmm. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to equate this to the same way that I feel about actors and theater school. Mm-hmm. Because we both went to theater school, uh yeah. trained as actors, and there was one thing that I noticed at theater school, which was this. There were the people that came to the school who had it, and there were the people that came to the school who did not have it. The people who had it had a leg up on the people who didn't. And they went, they all went through the same training. And then by the end of the four years or whatever, the people who showed up that didn't have it, they were still like, by the end of it, they were, they were capable and, you know, like castable and, you know, I would say great performers, but the people that had it before they even arrived and before the education were, were beyond that. And so I feel like it's probably somewhere in in that same kind of, same kind of lane where it's like, there are people that have it and there are people that don't when it comes to develop or like, you know, br- putting out that chemistry or, or having, being, being able to like have that connection with people, people who just are, are generally charismatic people. Right. Um, and then there's probably the people that are not, that don't quite have it. So someone who's a little bit more um, socially awkward or not quite like just socially inept in that way. But I, I bet those people can like, you know, with practice and, and like attention can get to a point where they can develop it, but it's still, there's still that like sense that it's not quite like nailed in. It's not natural. It's not as natural as it <laughs> might come to some. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's the way. I'd like to equate it between real breasts and, and implanted <laughs> yeah, breasts. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's like, I, I think. I, I have a hard time thinking that anything is like very black or black and white. Yeah. I, I'm always, I'm always sort of in between on everything. And um, I think this is one of those things where I, I don't think it's one way or the other. It's probably a blend of both. What do you think? Well, cause this is more about attraction, like whether or not you believe in like, let's say, you know, you see someone and you immediately have chemistry right? or you see someone and you don't immediately have chemistry, but you continue to date and continue to try to foster the relationship. And a lot of people even get married. Um, I mean, that was us. We like, we, we yeah. had that when we met, we weren't attracted to each other. It wasn't like sparks fly. No, no, it, <laughs> no. but it wasn't like that. But I remember the moment that I met you right. very clearly. Sure. And I, there was a, the moment in my mind, there was something in my mind. And I've had this with a few different people in my life that was like, you're going to be an important person in my life. Sure. I mm-hmm. felt that right. very early on in our, like, yeah. In meeting you. But it took about a year for us to be like, oh, we are. Oh, we like each other. We are attracted to each other yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got married. Yeah. And then we were married for 11 years. We got divorced th- this year. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but we still, we're still, we're still like very close. But like the, the attraction that I have with, my partner now, Kira, mm-hmm. like that was a, that was a very like instant connection. Yes. A very instant, mm-hmm. like, like I see you, I have had, you know, 
30 minutes of conversation with you, I am very attracted to this person. Whereas mm-hmm. with, with you and I, it was like, hey, we're, we're buds. So it's like a friendship. We're like that friends. Yeah. Happened over time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I completely understand that. And that's why I'm camp number one. It's ah, either you, either you have, have it, the yeah. chemistry or you mm. don't. Uh, and of course, just because you have chemistry doesn't mean you don't have to work on it forever. Right. Yeah. You know, you're in a relationship. You're supposed to maintain the desire for each other, which is like the second part of what we can talk about. Right. The mm. sexual desire part. All long term relationships have sex issues. So um, it doesn't mean that it, it but it means that you have it from the beginning. Yeah, like right. you either have it or you don't or you try to force it. Uh, I completely understand that because I was also married when I was younger to the person that checked every box that I had, right? He was handsome, tall, um, financially stable, a Buddhist, uh, loves Mm -hmm. to meditate, like had everything that I was looking for in a person, but we never had that chemistry. Mm. Um, But I, I like power through. Right. Like, and this is again, uh, this is a whole different topic. This is a product of like tiger parents, like make things happen. Just make shit happen. Right. You know, like right. stick with him. He's your husband now. Um, And it, we tried and tried and tried. And there was just never this like passion and spark and extreme attraction. It's just great. It was just like comfortable. Yeah. Now I'm with a different partner for the last few years. Um, uh, And for the same amount of time that I've been together with my ex-husband, I still have this undeniable attraction for my current partner, Mm. like no one else that I've ever had in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I often talk about is if you've never had it, you tend to go with the other camp. Right. Right. Because you don't know. Because when you do, it's undeniable. Like it's undeniable. I met him on the plane, my current husband. Met him on the plane and it just, I never stopped feeling attracted to him. Met on the plane. That's like a fantasy that I had for years. Yeah. (laughs) I just remember like, oh my God, like I, is this crazy? Am I crazy? Like I've never had it in my life. So before this relationship, I was the other camp. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you built and maintain and foster a connection. Now I'm on the camp. It's either you have it or you don't. Everybody Mm. has to maintain, but it's either you have it or you don't. And Mm. that's why when I talk to people that are like, oh my God, like I just, I don't find my husband attractive. Like I just don't. And you know, his coworker on the other hand, I find like there's this undeniable connection that I have. Like whenever he comes over for like a drink or I'm just like, oh my God, he's so attractive. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you might want to, you might want to consider a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) You're jumping right right to divorce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't beat around the bush. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you just, you mentioned there that, that, that desire, sexual desire is, is something for everyone in that someone every is something for everyone who's in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. What do you, can you elaborate on that? Like, does that, cause I've had my own personal experience with that. And I, I just like, is that a problem of, of, not having that attraction in the first place or is that a different type of problem from your perspective that's a really good question and it's both it's worse if you never had the attraction from the first place right right if you never had the attraction from the first place and it's kind of like you're forcing it like you can still have good sex it won't be like amazing sex you can still have good sex with people that you feel close to that you uh, feel emotionally secure with um but 
so that's the first part of it, right? Like if if you were attracted to the person, it feels so different when you have sex, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and the second part is for long-term relationships. And we know this in research. There's many research papers that talk about maintaining long-term sexual desires because every single person in a long-term relationship will hit a point where they're like, ah, I'm kind of bored. Yeah. Having sex with my partner. You can love them to death. You can still jump in front of the bus for them, but you just don't want to fuck them that much. And like, that's the truth that I think um, romanticization in our contemporary culture has fucked us. We watch movies and TV shows like Romeo and Juliet and Bridgerton and, you know, all these like the romanticization and, um, one of my favorite modern philosophers, I think his name is Alain de Button, talks about how the romantics have fucked us all because mm -hmm. we think that long-term relationship has to be easy breezy because none of those relationships in movies and TV shows that romanticize the relationship show the aftermath. Yeah, They don't show what the fuck happens to this couple in 20 years. Yeah. Right. They just show like, oh, they embrace each other. And in the end, happily ever after. And that part of our culture has become a very detrimental part of how we view um, sexual desires in long term relationship. A lot of people that don't bother to educate themselves on this topic think that sexual desire needs to be natural for the rest of your life. You need mm -hmm. to desire your wife forever. Mm -hmm. But that's not the truth. We know in research, five year hump. 10-year hump, 15-year hump. Like there's humps along okay. the way and not the kind of hump you want. So, <laughs> uh, so can we be more educated and be more preventative and be more, you know, like proactive in how we maintain that desires? And what are some like ways to be proactive with that? There are a few ways. So the very first thing that I learned um, from Michaela Bohm, who is a very famous like sex coach in Malibu. Uh, she's the she's sex coach for like Will Smith. Um, she taught me this long time ago and I it just stuck with me is space. And it was so simple. I remember the first time you she told me I'm like space like tell me more. She's like that's it. You need space as an individual in order to maintain sexual desire for your spouse, Ooh. you need space. If you're always on top of each other, you see each other all the time, you work together, you have no space. Consistently, you see this person and they're in your presence. You won't have desire for them. Mm. So whatever space looks like for you. Um, I was, you know, reading quite a few books about maintaining like erotic spaces, um, if you will. And uh, some of them talk about how, you know, people with resources will literally get another like mm -hmm. apartment. Like there's this couple that, you know, has a house in Jersey, but the woman um, who's the more like sexually flexible person has an apartment in the city so that they have space. And mm. then, um, but then there's also people who don't have the resources that spaces can come in forms of like taking a bath alone, like getting like one hour of like bathroom rituals alone uh, or going to get nails done with your sister or um, girls night 
or like whatever that space is, is you need space. And if you don't have space for yourself and you haven't created that in your relationship, then you're doomed. Yeah. And I suppose like, you know, that's one thing that probably, you know, especially folks who aren't considering or thinking about that. uh, And then all of a sudden you have a child or maybe your second child and it's like, they're the focus and it's you're you're you know you you go to work you come home you got to take care of the Mm -hmm. kids it's like we we so easily get caught up in our lives that we don't even notice that we haven't been taking Mm -hmm. time to ourselves to just have for ourselves you know like to Mm -hmm. whatever it whatever it is you know go go out with the girls or go get a nail appointment or go hit the golf course or Mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever gym whatever it might be um but it is it's one of those things that like doesn't have to be complicated it can be really mm-hmm. simple and and it doesn't have you know it doesn't necessarily mean like take a weekend every right. month and go away you know it's it, it that would be, very... be more my kind of space <laughs> yeah yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah for some people it is for Maybe some people is. they have right. set up their lives to be able to do that right yeah i i am so glad to hear you say that because i've always wondered if there was something sort of wrong with me or defective in in me because I you know before Jeremy and I got married I was like I'd like to have what if we lived separately and he was like people don't do that and I was like okay yeah you're right I don't see other people doing I had one celebrity example which at the time I think was Goldie Hawn and and Kurt Russell and uh and 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 then and now you, you have know, a I'm, home in Manhattan Beach. I would live alone too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> and 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 still, it plays a large part in my fantasies of the future, which is yeah. like becoming less and less financially like realistic looking as things start to skyrocket. But like my girlfriends and I have always like Laura and I have talked about like I just want my own apartment in the city mm. where like. No one asks me for anything. It's mm-hmm. all about me. I can cover things with like velvet and pink stuff and I can play my own music and like I can take up all the space mm-hmm. without, you know, having to make um, alterations to like my own comfort level based mm-hmm. on someone else's like what they might not like my music mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And And I've often heard too about like, sexual confidence you know i think it's esther perel who who's like when do you most turn yourself on and a lot of those times are like times when i'm alone and i'm mm. dancing around to my own music and i'm wearing clothes that you know boyfriends have classically told me like that's not, that's not really a, that's not really a sexy outfit and i'm like fuck you my sweatpants are where i feel mm-hmm. the hottest you know and so it's just like really nice to hear as such an ed- educated person be like actually that's that's super normal and uh it it really helpful for some people mm. so i'm gonna take another look at my that. schedule I, like i wonder how much like how much do you maybe the, these are two completely separate things but like how much do you think like attachment style plays into people's maybe inability or or like resistance to wanting to find or take space because i feel i feel like for some people like the thought of that is like, oh, but no, like I, but I want to spend, I want to spend every waking hour with my, with my partner or, you know, maybe that's only for people that are still in like the honeymoon phase, which, mm-hmm. which like I probably still am in, but I, but even then, like, I think, I think about like the long-term, like long-term relationships I've been in, I still kind of have that thing where I'm like, oh, but I want to like, 
I want to do everything together. You know, I want to like always be fucking latched. There's like that little, <laughs> and, and I think that's, I think that is like an attachment style based thing, but I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. I think attachment styles plays a really big role in our threshold of how much of each other we can have. Right. Because if you're dismissive, your threshold is like 40, 30%. Mm. Right. If you're secure, maybe 75. If you're preoccupied, probably 99. Right. right. So it just depends, I think. And, you know, not only attachment styles, but probably also personality type. Sure. Right. If I'm thinking of Myers-Briggs, like, you know, an extroverted person or an introverted person, there's probably something about those variables that tell you that they have different space threshold. Mm. Um I'm, I would like, you know, I've been assessed quite a few times. And when I was younger, I was preoccupied. And then I like developed like a dismissive. And then I finally feel like I'm secure. And I've consistently been assessed because I have a lot of therapist friends. Um, <laughs> so I feel secure. Uh, and I feel like the 75% threshold is very accurate for me. Okay. It's like, I love doing a lot of things with you. Like, I love just being with you. You're my best friend. But I also have that like 25% that like mm. I want to put on like whole like my whole clothes and go home with my friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know, do nothing that I have to consider you. Mm -hmm. Like do, yeah, like do everything and I don't have to worry. Like, are you having a good time? I'm like, you know, don't yeah. be selfish. Like be selfish. Mm -hmm. And and I think that it's easier for people that don't have kids. Mm, yeah, for yeah sure. totally. I think yeah. I want to say that because a lot of times I have like clients that have kids and they're like, Tara, the way you want to live your life is like not the way I can live my life. And I'm like, I completely understand that. Yeah. I know when you have kids, they're like your number one. Yeah. Yeah. But what would you say to those people who are like, let's say, hearing this and they have young kids at home and they are like, but I want to model something for my kids as well that shows like that these are important and healthy expressions of self and something you want to consider too. Cause like, you know, let alone not getting a sex education, we certainly didn't get any education on how to be in relationship with yeah. another person and conversations to have beforehand and knowing what your needs are and, and how to respond to the needs of other people. So like, I can just imagine myself having this conversation with you if I did have a couple of kids and I and I was feeling like I need to do this differently, mm -hmm. both for myself and for the people that I'm setting an example for. Like, what kind of advice do you give them for that? Two things. Um, first is the harder one, which is um, reprioritize your time, mm -hmm. shift the perspective that, you know, your kid doesn't have to be number one all the time. Sometimes it pays to be selfish and in fact uh people who take care of themselves and who has like you know a healthy self-care routine and uh, mental health stability tend to raise kids like in a more optimum household mm -hmm. right because if you uh like break down all the time that's not good examples for your for your mm -hmm. kids at all so i would say reprioritize your time and have literally like 20 minutes of alone time uh, maybe it's a bath, maybe it's, and maybe it's like, you know, having to get 
someone to come like a babysitter for like an hour uh, or have your partner watch them for an hour, but you need to be able to factor in your time. Go back to uh, from the beginning, like your Google calendar, like your GCal, there needs to be like my time, alone time. And even if it's 20 minutes, 10 minutes, it's still valuable. We call them clean breaks. Mm. You need like a clean break for yourself. So that would be the first one, which I know is um, tough, but definitely doable. I've observed many moms and I mean, dads too, that have done this. The second thing that I think is two birds, one stone. One is you get a mental space for yourself. And two is you get to embrace your sexuality is to do sexual meditation. And sexual meditation is just like a regular meditation practice, but it focuses on sexual thoughts and sexual like feelings and sensations in your body. So that way you get to not only relax, like go to a mental space of your by yourself, but you're also like feeling yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm. you know, feeling good about yourself sexually. So I highly recommend escaping in this like five or 10 minute sexual meditation. I love a good meditation prescription. I yeah. doing a lot more of it in my life lately and just like doing some other spiritual practices, recognizing like how much of our time as human beings is spelt is spent like being uncomfortable, like whether it's thoughts or stress or just like boredom, whatever it is and how easy it is to try to cover that up with things that just like stop you from feeling altogether. But Mm -hmm. holy smokes meditation mm -hmm. is so i'm a big fan oh man just like yeah. it has provided some immense mental health benefits to me over the last yeah few years mm -hmm. that's for sure and like you can apply it to any part of your life where you're finding you know any kind of like dis-ease like it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's so valuable for grief it's so valuable for mm -hmm. you know like your your own mental well-being it's valuable mm -hmm. for Trying to find clarity when you're feeling just like dysregulated, dysregulated. Like yeah. it's it's just so so valuable. Yeah. But I know some people don't like to like meditate in silence. So if you would like, I have uh, just free guided sexual meditation on YouTube that you can follow the guide and literally sit down in a quiet moment, five to ten minutes, and just follow the guide. Cool. That's awesome. It's as simple as that. Sweet. Dr. Tara, I mean, this is, uh, I feel like we could sit and talk to you for fucking hours. Um, and, uh, like, honestly, like it's, it's, you're just really, you're really fun to talk with. Uh, you obviously know your stuff and, um, I'm, this conversation went exactly as, as how I, I thought it would. Um, I, you know, we've talked about your TikTok, but like, how can people find you? How can people stay up to date with the work that you're doing? Um, how plug away, let us know how we can, we can keep an eye on, on the work that you're up to. Thank you. Um, and thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I had no idea. It's already been an hour. I'm like, this was so, so fun. You guys are amazing hosts. Oh, um, you can find me on my website. That's lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S.co. You can subscribe to my newsletter there to see like what projects I'm doing, but also all my social media is on my website, lovebites.co. Amazing. Um, I, I hope uh, someday in the future we can have you back on to pick your brain some more. And uh, this has been a real treat. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. There we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that. Sex toy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.